Can I tell you a good joke? Yeah, give me a good joke. All right. Ready? Yeah. What does a pirate pay for his earrings? What? About a buck in the ear. Have a good night, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) And cue the intro. Welcome to The Roots Report. My name is Fen. And I'm Tom. And today... We're going to talk a little bit about risk management. Fen is a little bit of a a rookie trader and wanted to sort of ask some questions about how to use some risk management techniques that I've kind of just come to learn. Right. Absolutely, Tom. I kind of wanted to go over three major things. We all know like stop losses and and taking profits. Uh, So those individual trade uh, mechanics. Uh, I know you all also talk about beta a couple times Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Uh, so hopefully you can kind of share some light on that, as well as uh, hedging and diversification. Yeah. So let's go ahead and start with uh, trade mechanics. What you got, Tom? Yeah, so trade mechanics, very simply, I kind of want to discuss how to limit how much money you could possibly lose. And there's a few ways to do this. You can kind of just keep an eye on it and get out whenever you think you're you're wrong. But there's a lot of emotion in like physically going back in to, to, to sell at a loss. And it's almost easier if you predetermine or like set up a stop loss to make sure that if your position goes down by 5% or 10% or 1%, whatever your risk tolerance may be, uh, that you kind of predetermine that before you get into the trade. There's way, way too many people on like Wall Street bets that like 99% loss, like, okay, you did not manage any risk at all whatsoever. Like you're just throwing your life savings to the whims of the market. That's silly. Right. I know Joe would tell us to plot out supports, resistances, and, and use that yeah. as as our stop loss or suggestions for our stop losses. Um. So as far as profit taking, how do you usually aim for that? Uh, so profit taking, um, I like to sort of uh, run a an initial setup where I buy into something and have a stop loss set almost immediately after I enter the trade. I will, if it goes up, great, because that's what I think it's going to do for whatever reason I may have fundamentally or technically speaking. And I will then move up my stop loss to secure gains as it's going up. So if I ever was making money, I'm going to make money on the trade. If I cut my losses short because there's a little bit of a dip before it goes higher, so be it. I'm happy. I'm out. I made money. It's okay. Move on to the next. Or trade it again if the opportunity arises. You never know. Right. People don't go uh, broke taking profits. Exactly. So it's just really decreasing your risk while it's there. If you have an opportunity to make sure you don't lose money, why wouldn't you take that? Right. Right. Like, so, do you have any um any experience with like OCO brackets? Uh, we were kind of talking about them a little bit. Um, but like I kind of like to um do what I call bracket trading, where you can kind of actually pre-enter a stop loss and or a profit taker, um, as you enter the position. So like whenever you buy, there's already the the risk built in where you're risking one percent and you're trying to max out at 3% gain. Do you do this with options as well? Um, sometimes with options, but what I've done more with options is you buy like a uh, 
a, a call and a put at different prices. And what that kind of does is it actually really leads us into our next topic that I wanted to cover, which was hedging. But purposefully betting against yourself in case you are wrong with a smaller determined position. You're going to take less of a gain should your main position be right. But are you willing to forego just taking a loss? Or would you rather try and limit your downside by making money on the way down and having an opportunity to buy at a lower price? Right. And if you wanted to, you could average down as you go down too. Exactly. If, if you have a short position that's making you money on the way down, you can slowly average out of that and be buying as, a, as the price continues down. And hedging is kind of really kind of easy to do with options, honestly. You, you can buy a call and you can buy, buy a put. And it's, if you do the math and you pay attention to all the numbers on the screen, you can kind of really see how much money you could theoretically make in that or lose in that. So real quick, Tom, mm-hmm. walk us through you prepping for a trade here. So normally I trade off of uh, fundamentals. Um, I try to keep a keen ear to the ground, uh, like, I don't know, let's say Twitter and elsewhere um, in our Discord group and just in the social medias and general media as it is anyways, like being aware of everything kind of going on in the world. Um, The England's interest rate. I don't know if you heard about that, but the 0.5% interest rate hike that they recently did whenever the expected was 0.75, that's... They're lowballing in a time like this where they should be raising interest rates, but that goes to show that the economy probably wouldn't have been able to support a 0.75 right now. So that's not good news. Knowing those things no. sort of is able to like set you up for what type of trade you're going to do. And generally, I just trade the overall markets or like ETFs um, using options uh, and then pooling profits into a larger dividend account that I'm running. So you take an overall consideration of of current fundamental affairs um, to to a, to sort of trade. establish trends, and then thankfully I met the partners at Roots Research, and I can kind of bounce off ideas and like say like Hey, technically speaking, what does this say? Because like news just broke that Ford thinks there's going to be a recession. Like, how does Ford look? Oh, maybe not very good according to the charts. Some wizard says, <laughs> Joe. Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, I I don't know. I, the, the technicals, I'm a like, I'm starting to understand a little tiny bit, but still, I just think it's kind of magic how they do it. I don't know, but fundamental to pick where and what I'm focusing on, whether it be sector or specific industry or specific company. And just trade, trade along the, uh, the trend. Yeah. And uh, I kind of wanted to like touch base quickly on beta because you, you did mention it during the, the open there. Yeah. Speaking of trends, let's go ahead and what is the definition of the beta? Yeah. Beta is the amount that a stock will move up in correlation or out of correlation with the overall benchmark that it's being monitored against. 99 times out of 100 it's probably the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ if you're tra- trading U.S. equities. So okay, something, for example, like a uh, high-growth tech company is likely to have a higher beta versus the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ because whenever it moves up, they're likely to move up more than the overall market itself. And likewise, if you were to say something like a 
glass manufacturing company for like bottles or something like that, it would likely have a lower beta, which would mean that if the market moves up, it would move up less, not really care at all. But if the market moves down, it will move less than the market moves down and not really care at all. So how do you use beta in risk So management? beta is a thing that's posted all over the place and no one ever pays any attention to it. And it's a at a quick glance, you can say if it's above one, it's going to move more than the market's moving today. If it's below one, it's going to move less than the market's moving today. If it's negative, it's going to move inversely to what the market is moving today. So it can help you decide if you want to play something more volatile Correct. or not. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of volatility, I, let's get yeah. to hedging here. I know you briefly mentioned it when when I asked about how you uh, mm-hmm. doing options. Uh, would you mind expanding on that a, a, a little bit? Do you do you hedge frequently I, or? I run two main trading accounts that I pay attention to. Um, there's the one that I don't really do too much in, it sort of just sits and rolls in itself. Um, and the second one is kind of my hedge against that portfolio. Whether it be up or down, it's the one that I'm trading. So I use that as my hedge whenever I'm looking to make a hedge on the overall market. And like, I don't know, realistically, most things are correlated to the S&P 500 in a way, um, especially like kind of some of the dividend bearing things. They're more or less kind of based off of general U.S. equities and the, the, the same things. So so just to clarify, you have one account that's practically swing trading and the other one practically shorter term. Uh, no, day I have one account that's long term collecting and rolling dividends and one account that's okay. like day trading slash swing trading whenever I do my gab and stuff. Yeah. And so the, your hedge is your more actively. Yeah, I'll I'll use that in like a fifty percent of that account, which I don't normally really do in that one either. Um, I against like hedging for my overall portfolio with the idea to make some gains and then be able to transfer into that account buy more of the dividend shares and like it, it, you you shouldn't look at going down as like losses. You need to look at them as like buying opportunities and not selling what you're holding, right? Like get a get a good couple companies that you Especially believe in that will have growth potential, we'll say, and maybe they pay a one or two or three or five or seven percent dividend, or ten if you're on the gap, or train. ten maybe, yeah. Though that's not typically uh, mm-hmm. what you'll see from dividend. Do you use any of your uh, dividend payouts in your um, second account? Not really, no. So I will start to contribute a little bit to my second account, but the the whole point of the second account is to um, grow it to a point where it like exhausts a certain dollar limit, and then I t- transfer out the excess capital. I, I I purposefully cap it where I don't have too much money. Okay. In there, and then yeah. if it then swings back down to ten percent of its value, well, like crap. Okay. That means you probably didn't hedge correctly. Exactly. But overall, that's fine. So not everyone's going to have two accounts. That's a quite a bit to Yeah, manage, you can do this with uh, positions, but I, I just like to separate it into accounts where I have like a different mindset going into each one. Like this is th- this is long term. This is what what's the flavor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you hit on something there, uh, making sure that your mindset is separate. I know uh, with a lot of beginning videos and podcasts they'll discuss uh the mindset of going into Mm -hmm. a trade 
and so that's kind of an important thing with risk management as well as what you're kind of willing to yep. lose yeah potentially true. um and being able to walk away from it like <laughs> like what you said uh if it ends up in 10 percent yeah yeah shrug. exactly and like <laughs> shrug and, be, and work it, on the, the, the back. entire point about hedging there and like it, it's pretty funny you kind of touched on that again if you lose all of your hedge your main position has increased so like no difference really if if you manage it properly right like there's a potential right. to potentially right. lose more than what you would gain if you're using leverage and stuff but like you do math first don't just enter into things because that's how much you can buy like yeah oh yeah 100 percent. don't jump yeah. into something you've got to know what you're risking got you got to prepare for the, the, each trade. the whole textbook thing about risk management is primarily surrounding diversification and not being all invested in one thing it to the to the old saying too don't put all your eggs in one basket right if you drop that basket right all your eggs are gone so think of each company or each index or each whatever you're investing in as its own basket and like don't put them all in the same thing unless it's fixed fixed income things that's a little bit different if you're trying to be really safe but right but we're, we're talking, talking stocks, stocks here. here so when it comes to diversification what do you what do you usually start out thinking about say you wanted to add uh, a tech company to your portfolio okay. um what do you go into thinking about that? Do you do you start off with how heavy you already are in technology, uh, or is that that even your first question? So you should look at it like that. Now it's really different how I trade. I in my trading account, I'm going to be completely honest with you, Fen. I've probably not hold, held anything except for Ford and like a couple random things for more than a few months. But you're doing something weird with Ford still, right? Not anymore. Not anymore. I'm completely done. I cashed out a huge, nice win on that, and I'm happy now. Nice. And we can discuss that later. It's, but it's getting on. back down to the price where I might be looking to uh, do it again soon. We'll see. We'll see. But I don't really trade in that sense. Like, if I were to add a tech company, let's just say Apple, for lack of a better tech company. Sure. I would buy options on it for a particular move that I think was going to happen. I would then leave after that move happens, like right away, secure gain, move on to the next thing. And what I normally run is a entire cash position. And then whenever there is a trade that's coming up, I use about five to 10% of my cash available to buy. And then I may average down once instead of taking my initial stop loss, I'll buy back at that point again. And then see if it continues down or goes back up because you're dropping your average so if it goes back up to your initial buy you're actually in the money or like beyond even all while also trying to play smaller moves yeah all while also trying to well that's 2d that's 3d chess buddy not not really because you're always sitting on cash so you can always buy right like you're i don't know let's say you're using a thousand dollars you're going to be buying positions of like one to two hundred dollars max. If there's something else you also want to do, you still have eight hundred dollars, right? Right. So like you can always kind of do that. And like, what does it matter if you're buying one share or one option, right? Like it it doesn't. You're still making that percent gain or three percent gain, whatever your 
profit taker is. But ideally, you want to have a, a greater profit than what you would loss. And like it's having a like two to one or three to one risk reward or reward to risk. Sorry. Right. So let's let's swing back into diversification mm-hmm. here. Would you say you come across another tech company? You've already got, you know, 10% of your cash and another one. Yep. Do you typically avoid or do you see if you can capitalize on on that specific market so i think this might be a better question for like my other portfolio where i'm holding things a little bit longer term right if i come across a tech company that i want in there i would likely have a very small position of it it would probably be like one or two percent not even okay because like i don't know my my goal for that account is extremely safe slow growth over a long period of time before I eventually retire whenever I'm 95. So I already have some inherent risk in there because I'm, I have dividends in various sectors, some energy related, some real estate related, some finance related. So in times of like uncertainty and things, the like overall equity price goes down, which sucks. But you should be seeing it kind of as like the the buying opportunity for that. And like owning more in different sectors, eventually you may as well just be buying the S&P 500. So you should really be looking at like what may outperform on a sector basis in the next three to five years where I can capitalize on it. If and when that happens, great. And then what's next? Or is this still the thing? Get what I'm saying? So like diversify, hold, hold, hold different things, but like pay attention to what you're actually diversifying with. Make sure it makes sense. Don't be like, yeah, I'm entirely gold, but it's okay. I diversify with silver and copper. Like, okay. And then you're just in precious metals. metals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like be diversifying in actual, like completely different sectors, maybe safer, maybe more risky, like it all goes down to what your risk tolerance is. And like, if you have a separate account, it's easy because like, you know, the value of that one and you know, the value of your other one. So like, whatever that number may be, that's like kind of your risk tolerance. If you're just doing high frequency trading on the other one, or you're setting up random options, purchases and sales, hopefully they trigger. If not, it's okay. Cause I only lost 5%. So that does, that does bring me to a question about you had mentioned trying to beat the S&P 500 because, I mean, at some point, if you're just following what the S&P 500 is doing, then you might as well just be buying it. I didn't really say that, but I insinuated it, maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I said it. Uh, so when you're building your, your long-term portfolio, yep. you're building your own You're building your own fund, essentially, essentially. I guess. Your goal is to beat SPIs 10%. Um, you're looking at companies that you think will outperform mm-hmm. on a yearly basis i'm building up to my question i'm kind of walking myself through up to it so i'm making sure i'm asking the right question here let's let's talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. diversification here because uh, as someone who's kind of rebuilding their account i'm i'm not ashamed to say that um as someone who's trying to rebuild their account for i specifically uh, am trying to build a dividend portfolio to fund mm-hmm. a trading okay. portfolio so say I added like gold or precious metals just in general, um, uh, real estate or finance. I know, I know of, of course, real estate's 
uh, got that with O is the ticker. They have a pretty solid dividend. There's a lot of different REITs that are out there. Um, They all kind of have a different flavor, we'll say, because I I like using that right now. I don't know why. Um, I mean, you're you're right. They do. I think this one's flavor. Yeah, and like there's other ones that are like specifically the office skyscrapers in Manhattan, Um, wilderness camps in I don't know powerless places in the wilderness. wilderness. Who knows? In the wilderness, there's all kinds of different things. There's like I don't know. low-income housing rates that you can buy uh you can get like condo buildings in major metropolises there's all kinds of things resorts even restaurants so do you consider that when when you're putting something into your longer term portfolio what the other things that you're putting in there could have an effect on effectively what you want to try and do is manage yourself in a way where you're participating in trends like for example if you for some wild reason think that people are gonna stop working at home because they don't like it and they need to get out and see friends and co-workers and they're gonna go back into the office buildings in new york maybe an office building reit would be good as a potential swing in the market because they're probably pretty low priced right now in comparison to what they have been but Let's be real, the whole market's down. So maybe it's just a good time to buy some things. Yeah, I mean, you also have to consider currently um, if people are working more from home, the value of of a house goes up too because it's also an office. Um, What does that do for... That's true. And if if you're fortunate enough to own a portion or all of your own home, at least you're participating in the market somehow. That's also an investment, right? Yeah, so... Right, absolutely. So... So you kind of ha- had mentioned their flavors. So and and, and even uh, specifically said wildlife areas. I do you have one in in For mind wildlife? that you've no, seen? No, I actually haven't. That I was trying to yeah, think of something. Yeah, not as a suggestion, random. but that you sounds absolutely bonkers. Listeners, if you have a ticker specifically for wildlife a wildlife uh, re- i'm gonna areas for camping and such uh please Give me 30 seconds fan i'll find you one yeah no but please tweet at us locate us on on twitter and find our link and yell at me in the discord i'm okay with that actually yell at major because he should be here as well let's talk about you tom how long have you been in this game uh four let's see about eight years yeah, I've been wow. investing, I guess, on my own. Prior to that, um, I had a small in-trust account where I could make decisions and like my dad trades for me, but it was my name, my money. So did your parents get you into investing or specifically your uh, father? He's, I don't want to say a like avid investor, but he's very well versed in like corporate management. Like he's director of a lot of um, companies. And it's always kind of like interested me. Like that was like kind of the table talk at dinner, you know? So it's kind of just been like what I know. So where else would I go? You know? I don't know, Tom. Is there anywhere else you want to go? Um, I want to go to the wilderness. (laughs) I I hear that. Uh, Make yourself Uh, a nice lump sum on on the markets and, and disappear. Buy a random place somewhere. Yeah, I've been looking at uh, places in Arkansas, and they're getting Hmm. pretty cheap in comparison to to where I'm at. So I'm in in 
the Dallas Arkansas? Fort Worth Metroplex. I, I join you. Yeah. It's nice. It's mm-hmm. nice. Lots of trees. I have a friend that might be uh, working in law in Dallas in the next little while. Well, but yeah. we're not here to talk about your friend. No. Tom, let's get to the next question. Uh, since since we've already started this question with Thor, we also have to bring it to you. Are you single? What's your love I life look like? not. I have a long-term girlfriend, and she's moving back in with me um, on the 1st of October. So, yeah. All right, ladies. You heard it here first. And gentlemen, he is not on the market. Tom is not on the menu. Sorry, guys. Tom is not on the menu. Um, Great. Thanks for taking this time. And this is probably going to be shorter than our other podcasts, but I, I appreciate you kind of taking this time and answering some of my questions. Yeah. Uh, Was there anything else you can think of? Oh, I can always think of questions later. Yeah. I, I mean, there's plenty of other questions. Um, I know a lot of the times a new trader comes in and they're not quite sure how to really begin. And I think you kind of harped on those three major things you need to start with. Um, You know, you need to understand trade mechanics that can help you prevent greater losses uh, because you can't just set it and you can't always just set it and forget it. However, with a stop loss, you you could set it and literally forget it. Um, And if you use an OCO bracket... There are still some risks to stop losses. Um, They may not trigger if the price gaps down overnight or something. I mean, they should still. Sometimes they It'll don't. It'll trigger in the morning, unfortunately. It, it, yeah, at a much lower price, which sucks. Right. So you shouldn't set it and forget it. You sh- But so, it'll help you at least set it and focus on something you might need to be doing at the moment, like exactly. work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's super important that, that we bring that up. Um, you mentioned beta, which is something you'll talk about frequently enough on, on the podcast. Never really sat down to explicitly define... What it is and like how you can look at it quickly trade. and just be like, oh, okay, this moves like this according to the market most days. Yeah, uh, and that's that's super important when you're looking at a stock, even if if you're not playing spy like like we like to do a lot of the times. Super important, uh, especially since in our Discord, um, Thor, you, Major, uh, Joe, y'all like to spin out information about spy. That if you understand beta enough and you you're already in a trade. It gives you a good idea if you can expect your trade to go down because SPY is going down or maybe you shouldn't have to worry at all. Um, so that's super maybe important. Maybe that's as what well you want like, because you have a negative beta and perfect. Yeah. If SPY is down 1%, like, ooh, nice. Oh, man. We should really discuss. Um, I I know we've already discussed hedging a little bit, but just like a quick shout out to... Um, the group the the bear etfs oh yeah like um i don't play them the q's the t uh, the and the sqq yeah uh i know market's been going down tim have you been playing any of these um so i've been getting um options on volatility actually through uvxy okay and that's something one of our members likes likes to be in all the time as well it's kind of wild i'm not gonna lie i don't want to talk about it anymore because it's <laughs> disgusting uh, uh yeah. that's completely understandable it is september uh 23rd september september um we're almost out of it i'm i'm waiting for penny season um 
<laughs> uh, we also kind of mentioned diversification. So I think I think those three are, are really a, a solid foundation to start off as a new trader and uh, a trader that's coming back to look at the markets with a brand new set of eyes like myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that super helpful. And I know where you're at always if I have any further questions. And that's on the Discord. Yeah, sounds good. I'll see you there. And see our you. listeners, we'll see you there too. Uh, our Discord link is in the description below, as well as our Twitter at, which is... At Research underscore. Oh man, Major has this like on the tip of his tongue at all times. I know. See, I'm not good at these things. I can't... Twitter, it's uh, it's there. Uh, it's there. I'll make sure that the link is there. Uh, in the description, if you're on Spotify, it's also in our uh, about section. Um, give us a like, ask us questions. Tom, is there something we need to do? And we'll cue the outro. Thank you for listening to The Roots Report by Roots Research LLC. Everything discussed in this podcast should be considered to be disinterested commentary between hosts. This is not financial advice, as we are not financial advisors. Please be sure to share, follow us on Twitter, Spotify, and join our Discord. Links are in the description below. This has been The Roots Report, and stay rooted.